Today, we're going to talk about photography, insert card, review strategies, and more, but also two brand new shows designed to help you level up your Amazon seller game. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. What happens when you've grown your Amazon business as much as you can and don't have the time or resources to take it to that next level? Well, that's where Thrasio comes in. Thrasio acquires category-leaning FBA brands from small business owners just like you, and they specialize in taking your brand to new heights while you profit from the growth. With more than a 1,000 experts at the top of their field in brand management, growth marketing, creative, and supply chain, Thrasio's operating team can grow your business exponentially. Find out today how you can make tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more, when your business is managed by Thrasio's expert team. Visit Thrasio.com slash Helium10 to connect with Thrasio. That's T-H-R-A-S-I-O dot com forward slash Helium10. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon or Walmart world. And we've got a couple of guests today that are no strangers to this show, uh, fellow evangelists here at Helium10, Lem and Leilama, the double L crew. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Leilama doesn't want to reply. She's just like, I'm, not, uh, I'm phasing you out, Bradley. You doing all right, Leilama, over there? I, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> okay, <you>. cool. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, why I brought you guys on is because you guys each have a couple of, of new kind of like, you know, I don't want to call it reality TV shows, but like, you know, YouTube TV shows <laughs> that, that are going to help Amazon sellers. So I wanted to talk about that and then just also talk in general you know, about uh talk shop here about, you know, Amazon strategies and, and, and different things. And, and, you know, speaking about educational things on, on Amazon, uh, e-commerce, uh, all of us or many Amazon sellers have different ways that they like to learn. You know, some people like to learn stuff from textbooks. You know, there, there's people, if you look on Amazon, there's people who buy like how to sell on Amazon books and, and they literally learn how to sell on Amazon from a book. There's people who who like buying these expensive, you know, three, four, five thousand dollar courses. And hey, it's definitely worth it if, if you're going to be making tons of money on Amazon from that course. Then shoot, who wouldn't pay three, four, five thousand dollars for a course? There's people who want to get mentors. You know, there's people who want to get coaches. Um, there's people who ton, thousands and thousands of people who learn just from shows like Project X or or from Freedom Ticket. Um, so what we want to do at Helium Ten is always provide you know education. Um, for tools in, in ways that hopefully will reach the, the the biggest audience, and that means that it's not just one kind of of way of learning. It's not just Freedom Ticket or or the pro training videos that we do inside of Helium Ten, but we, we want to have some entertainment too. And so that was kind of like the thought process uh, behind these two new shows that that we have. And so I just want to first go over that, and then we'll get into some other you know general strategies about what's been going on in the Amazon world. So uh, the first one that was released uh, was a uh, Leilama, you, you had the first episode already. Now, now a second episode just came out recently. Uh, it's called the the Total Package. Now, this is funny because this is a show that I read, uh, originally had ideated like maybe like two years ago. You know, way before you even worked at this company. It was going to be for somebody else here at this company um, who is going to do this show. But 
uh, I always kind of liked um, the, the the kind of like reality TV shows where they're actually doing something, you know, in it, not just talking about something, but actually, you know, like extreme makeover or, or things like that, or pimp my ride, like way back in the day for, for people who remember that show from, from MTV, that was actually the working title. I was like, we're, we're obviously not going to call this pimp my listing, but we even had a Slack <laughs> channel that was called that because, because that was how I originally came up with this idea of like, remember that pimp my ride show? Like what, what if we could do that to like Amazon listings? And it kind of grew from there. But anyways, Leilama, talk about like the premise of what this total package show uh, is about. Yeah, so the reason it's called the total package is because we're not only going over the listings and analyzing these particular listings that we've chosen, we're also going um, ahead and ordering these products and seeing what these products, that experience looks like for a customer, you know, when they receive your product. So from the time you they place an order all the way to they receiving it and now they're using that product. How does that feel? And that's kind of why we named it the total package. And in this show, you know, we no episode is the same as the other. So we're going over different aspects of listing optimization, the customer's experience. This could be maybe listing images, maybe bullet points, you know, just taking a deep dive or sometimes even an overall view um, of the, these different aspects of listing optimization. So we want to go over these strategies in depth, taking a bigger picture, you know, to show you what it would look like to have a good experience as a customer and also to come across these listings as a customer and to, you know, be convinced to buy them or not, mm-hmm. you know. Let's, let's talk about what you we learned from that first episode because that was already interesting or, or it's actually kind of like second episode the first episode is really a, a kind of ask me anything that that you and I were doing live um but what, what was it wasn't a garlic press what, what was the actual product that you had chosen for that second episode yeah this episode uh we ordered some um potato ricers now I didn't even know what those were <laughs> there were two different kinds of potato ricers a good one and a bad one we went over the listings and then we ordered them and we took a look at those two different lists uh, two different products as well you know as and as expected and you know it was a bit of shock there was a huge difference in the quality as well of the listing as well as the product. And so we really, you know, broke it down into each and every step and saw how one listing did such a great job at it and the other mm-hmm. was kind of lackluster. So, yeah. you know, comparing the two would, I think, really make you understand as a seller what you're missing out on or what is not a good way to go about creating your listing or your product or that experience versus, you know, um, seeing that good uh, list listing, you're we're drawing mm-hmm. that comparison, that contrast for you to see like, okay, this is these are the strategies you should be applying. So it was kind of like a do's and don'ts um, to uh, cut it short, you know, a kind of yeah. Like- and I, rem- I remember when it, when we were first talking about how you were going to find the product, I was like, you know, of course it'll be easy to just find crap listings that aren't selling at all because they're so bad. But I was like, you know what? When you enter black box, you know, to to, to you know, enter your criteria, I want you to make sure to put a minimum sales amount because I know that there are crap listings out there where they're still selling. And, and like that that bad one, that one that was really bad, I mean, it was actually still still selling. And, and that just goes to show that, hey, even if you have a terrible listing, you could be selling because you're doing other things right, but then how much money 
are you leaving on the table when your total package or like your entire customer experience is is uh, is lacking? So what were what were some of the uh, some of the other things that like the the one product of the potato ricer was like doing so much so much better than the, than the other, if you can recall. Yeah, I think a major aspect of it was I looked at this product and I had so many questions because I'm like, what is this product used for, right? Um, so we looked at the bad listing and I was left with so many questions. I'm like, it didn't answer any of my questions. It didn't have infographics. It had a very short, um, you know, few bullet points and they didn't really give me any information. It was talking in very manufacturing-like lingo. Um, so like just two images, no bullet points, the title was keyword stuffed, and the description wasn't too great either. But then we look at the other listing and it had answered all my questions just by reading the title, um, you know, taking a look at the main image alone. Like I didn't even have to look at the infographics. So, you know, the images talked about each and everything. And then we went through the bullet points. Those two were very detailed, just talking about those important points that you would get as a buyer. Yep. And then speaking you know, along the lines of the total package, like even the, the literal package itself was, oh, yeah. well, what was it for the bad listing? Like, like they just like threw it in a bag or something like that. It was, uh, it was a plastic Ziploc <laughs> and, and oh inside, gosh. like there was no, there wasn't a box and insert nothing to touch base with your customer to ask them about their experience, right? So that was a big problem as well. Like it came unbranded. I could have just bought an unbranded, no brand name on the product, nothing. Mm -hmm. The other one was branded. It had its own box, you know, it was packaged really nicely. It came with an insert, um, non-compliant. But that was something that they did bad, right? Didn't they do like a bad, the good, the good yeah. listing, didn't they have like a non-compliant uh, insert or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was it was non-compliant, but they had it, so they they did part of the job right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I mean, and, and then you know, I remember you know as you as you showed you know like they were they had attention to details. Like I, if I recall, like the good one, they had like a rubber thing on the handle or something, so it was easier oh, on the yeah, hand. It's, it's just, and and that felt you know better. So guys, you know this. Better, the, yeah. Every little thing by itself is is not going to you know be the difference of you becoming a millionaire or or not. But these these things add up, you know. When you do these little things on the listing, they all add up, um, and it's going to you know help you on your Amazon business. So that was the first episode, guys. Yeah, go go to YouTube, look up the uh, the total package, and uh, you know and helium ten, and then you'll you watch from episode one and see what you can learn from that one. And then the next one that's coming out in, in a couple of weeks will actually be kind of like a, a little mini makeover uh, on one of the project X listings. And like Leilama said, there's no two episodes that are going to be the same. You know, you might think like, okay, well they're just going to break down different products every, every week and, and talk about what they would No, like, like the episode three is actually about how to change your, your images to, um, to 3d images, you know, episode four, I'm not even sure if we have that plan yet, but it's going to be some about something different. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you'll be notified every time that these, uh, go live. Now, Lem, what's, um, <laughs> we talked about the working title for, mm -hmm. uh, Le Lama show. What was the original working title for, for your show, uh, within Slack? Uh, it was, oops, I did it again with Lem. Yeah. So I, I, th I think it was just, oops, there. I did it with Lem. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, <laughs> right, you're right. Oops, I did so, it with Lem. For any Britney Spears fans uh, out there, that, that's the reference there. But we're like, you know what? That's not the best uh, 
title, but but why <laughs> what does oops and stuff like even have to do with it? How does that actually tie into the the premise of the of the show? So what it has it ties into the premise of the show is the show really sort of revolves all around learning from missteps that sellers have taken using real life stories, real life scenarios that have occurred to sellers and taking those experiences, condensing it into a story so that way we can share it with our audience in a way that they can take that information and not make the same mistakes on their own as well. And that's really where it comes again, comes across of like, there's so many easy missteps that sellers take and that often a lot of sellers do the same misstep is that if we can go ahead with this content and help prevent some of those easy mistakes from being uh, from happening, then we're going to go ahead and do that with this show. So that's really the whole premise of this series. And it's been good so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, so guys, that's important. You know, there's no perfect Amazon seller, you know, out there who's never had a, a misstep. I mean, sometimes you could do everything right, but it's something happens on Amazon side where you're going to take the L, you know? Um, and so it's important that we know about it so that we can kind of, you can't fully protect yourself from every single possible bad thing that can happen, but we, we want to make sure that we're all transparent here and, and share our losses uh, together with our wins. And this kind of, this advice kind of goes out to you guys who post in, in Facebook groups and things like that. Sometimes there's, we, we have the tendency to only talk about the L's and then just in a complete negative context. Because yeah, when you take an L, it's like, you have a bad feeling. It's negative vibes there. You know, you want to complain about it. But what I prefer that you guys do, and what this is what Lem is doing with the show is, yes, let's let's take these losses and what can we learn from it? How can we put this out there so that somebody else knows, hey, don't don't take this misstep. And, and don't just tell us about the loss. What how did you fix it? Or how do you bounce? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you bounce back? Because that, that's what differentiates the successful sellers from the unsuccessful sellers. Can you give us an example of, of one of the uh, the L's that you talk about in the? By the way, the, the name of his show is Learning from L's with Lem. Yeah, is that Learning Learning from L's with Lem? So, what's one of the L's that you talk about in that first episode that's out there on YouTube? So, one L's that we talk about is actually this is a story that was more so, that was brought about for myself of a mistake that I made was when I was originally selling on Amazon, doing a bunch of retail arbitrage and wholesale, I based my shipping fulfillment cost of like sending it from my warehouse to the fulfillment center for, to a fulfillment center that was like maybe like 15 miles down the road. And consistently I would get sent it there, but then as I started to scale and have higher volumes, then Amazon's algorithm detected that the majority of my customers were really more so based on the West Coast. And so that's what caused the shipping algorithm to then change my fulfillment center destination from one that was 15 miles away to one in Texas, which was 1,200 miles away, which definitely changed the shipping cost of my warehouse to a fulfillment center in Texas versus one right down the street. And I didn't account for that in my margin, so I had to make up for that somehow. And so that was something that I had to learn the hard way is to always keep stuff like that in mind because you never know when the algorithm is going to switch it up on you and that you have to be aware, especially as you're scaling of any of the minor things that could change that can impact the bottom line of your business. Okay. Well, can you, that's guys that, that can happen. That can happen to anybody, you know? So mm -hmm. especially newer sellers, you know, they, they don't understand how the FBA you know system works. And then sometimes you could be consistently sending to one, one, one and then they just decide, you know what, we're going to start sending you, you know, cross country. Um, the, the thing that really, really, really sucks for project X is, for whatever reason, the the normal warehouse I send my stuff to, which is in California, 
um, for some of Project 5K and some of Project X, like the egg trays, is in Stockton, California. You know, so that's like I, I could send like 50 egg trays in a box uh, from Project X to the Stockton via UPS, and it's like six dollars, like li- maybe less than six dollars uh, w- with the partner shipping rates. But we now have like this large coffin shelf uh, product, like a coffin bookshelf. It, um, it's like twice the size of our regular Project X coffin shelf. And the closest warehouse that we send it to is in Texas. And they also have us send it to two warehouses like on the East Coast. And it's just the most annoying thing. But the difference in shipping, guys, is like night and day. It's like sometimes more mm-hmm. than double. So if you don't, if, if you're not planning something like that out when, you, when you're in the planning process, and, and like, you know, what was the first product that we did, guys? You know, it was an egg tray, right? So imagine if I was just, oh, yeah, this is just going to cost me five, six dollars to send each case, you know, for this coffin shelf. And that was what I was planning for. Um, and now it's actually like 20, 25 dollars to send it to New Jersey's warehouse. You know, uh, that, that would have taken my my entire uh, profitability. So that, that's important to um, that's important to, to know. Uh, any like little mini preview of, of something from a future uh, episode that you can tell us, um, uh, you know, don't, don't tell us the entire story, but do you, mm-hmm. I'm sure people have been submitting stuff to you. So like, do you have any that we can look forward to learning from? Yeah, we can we have actually a story that we got from somebody who came up to us at prosper, which was really cool to get that in that perspective of not, not necessarily a mistake that was internal, but a mistake of when working with other service providers within the Amazon space, like three PLs, VAs, things of that nature. And so that was a really interesting story of how to navigate that lesson and how to go about that. But that's one that you can definitely be on the lookout for in one of the next episodes. Awesome. And that again, guys, is on YouTube. So make sure that you have uh, you're subscribed to YouTube and then have that notifications uh, tab on for when we put new videos. We're, we're actually trying to put more content and more videos, more interviews and and different things like that um, out there. Now, now, um, let me know you, you've you've been active more than usual on on LinkedIn lately, just because mm-hmm. you just like anything that starts with the letter L, um, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, but what what are some things that you've learned um, on LinkedIn lately, or from interacting, or or what, what what's some some Amazon strategies, or what's trending out there? What's on the mind of of sellers? Mm-hmm. What can you tell us? So one of the biggest strategies that I've learned from. LinkedIn, and this is why I love LinkedIn, is because people just love to share. People love to just give all exposure to things that are working for them and things that aren't working for them. So that's why I really love using LinkedIn. And this was one that I implemented into my business a while ago, but I learned directly from LinkedIn was a sort of like blanket strategy when it comes to PPC of everyone when they're advertising on Amazon, they're you're typically looking for top of search. You're typically trying to be on the first couple pages of Amazon, but Nobody ever considers the last like four to eight pages of Amazon, right? Even though there are product placements that you can pay for on Amazon. And even though only like one, even 0.1% of Amazon customers go to the last page, Amazon's so big that that's still substantial enough that um, doing easy catch-all campaigns of like auto campaigns that you set at like 10 cents a bid and doing that for your SKUs you'll spend maybe like a dollar or two dollars a day, but you're getting so much ROI in terms of your ROAS because you're getting sales just by getting from bidding on placements that cost around 10 cents. And you're even though you're showing up on the last couple of pages, 
Sometimes targeting the crumbs of Amazon is still really substantial instead of targeting the whole cookie, which is like the front page or top of search. So that was something that was really substantial that I learned from LinkedIn. And I've seen repeatedly being talked about on LinkedIn that I know is something that works and works for me as well. All right. Thank you guys for joining this episode of Learning from LinkedIn with Lem. Um, (laughs) We got all kinds of new shows here. Uh, But speaking of LinkedIn, guys, I I by no means... um, I'm a LinkedIn subject matter expert. My LinkedIn game is is one on a scale of 10. Like I, I'm just, I, I like LinkedIn and I like using it, but I do not want to try and portray myself as, as somebody knowledgeable. But let me just give a warning out there. Like LinkedIn to me seems like it's becoming kind of like the Facebook for for you know a lot of entrepreneurs and, and business owners and, and people in the industry. And, and they use it more of social media as opposed to just like looking for jobs or things like that. Like this is how you, you, know, you post your daily life. And, and just be careful with how you portray yourself because I'll just tell you from personally, my um, perception of some people on, the, on, on LinkedIn who I knew outside of LinkedIn before has completely turned negative because of how they act on LinkedIn. And it's just like, I don't know what it is, but it's just like, be careful guys. This is your reputation too. Like, you know, like there's people are always complaining or always just like hyping themselves up. Like, oh my goodness, I'm the best person in the history of Amazon. And, and, um, (laughs) you know, my company is like the greatest God's gift to Amazon as a company. And I'm just like, dude, like, uh, what's your deal? You know, like, like that. I used to like this person and I'm like, ah, this person's kind of like haughty, you know, like, like, so just be careful guys. Those of you link using LinkedIn more. Um, if you want LinkedIn advice, there was uh, we had somebody on the podcast uh, a while back. I already forgot her name. Um, I think her last name was Gordon, but look up, look up LinkedIn, uh, in helium10.com forward slash podcast. And we have somebody who actually is unlike myself an expert on LinkedIn etiquette and, and different things like that. But LinkedIn is, is big now guys in, in the business world. And I need to step up. I need to step on my, my, my game myself, but just be careful how you portray yourself. Or if you're, you're just trying to like call other people out, you know, like it's important to, to, to correct mistakes. Remember I, I've told people before that that's how I, I've got my job, uh, at, Helium 10 was, I was the guy who would go into the Helium 10 Facebook groups and, and like, no, you you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. This is not, this is, this is not the way you do launches or don't tell people that launches are, are bad. This, this is how you do it right. And this and that, like, yes, I was calling people out, but you know, I was just trying to help people, you know, like there's people who just, it seems on LinkedIn and stuff, they just try and call other people out just to like try and make a name for yourself, but there's like no desire to help anybody there. So we can see through that stuff, guys. So just be careful. Um, you know, that's kind of what I ahead. was recently talking about. Like it's important to put your name out there and talk about these things on social media. And I mean, LinkedIn is a great resource for hiring agencies, let's say, or, you know, getting to know these VAs or whatever. But if you are inauthentic, you know, people can see through that as an audience. Mm-hmm. I was literally just talking about that yesterday. <laughs> I love and, it. And uh, yeah, just be yourselves. <laughs> yep. Another example, you know, that, that pisses me off when somebody tries to like call out Helium 10 or something. Now, if you genuinely are concerned about like, oh man, Helium 10 needs to fix this because they have some wrong information or something. Well, what's what's the move? Well, the move is you talk to Helium 10 like, hey, uh, uh, there, there's something going on here. It seems like it might be a little bit, a uh, little bit different. Um, but uh, you know, is this a bug or how, how can we how can we fix this? 
And and then if like, yeah, if Helium 10 or, or any tool, this goes for any tool company. If they're like, oh, you know, screw you. We don't care that we're giving wrong information. We don't care about our customers. Okay, yeah, of course, yeah. Go go ahead and and call out that that company for, for, for trying to screw over their customers or something. But it's obvious that you're just trying to make a name for yourself if you're just trying to like throw some company under the bus. You know, like I saw, you know, a few weeks ago, people say, oh yeah, Helium 10 search volume sucks. First of all, you're wrong. It doesn't suck, <laughs> all right? You're just looking at it the wrong way. But guess what? If you would have just reached out to Helium 10 and, and you know, with, with genuine concern that maybe there's some wrong data, well, we could have walked you through it. But no, you know, these people are, are putting messages out there like, oh yeah, look at this product opportunity explorer is completely different than, than Helium 10. Well, yeah, you're comparing apples and oranges. But the thing is that people can see through that where it's just like you're just trying to make a name for yourself by call, by throwing somebody else under the bus, be it a company, be it an agency or something. So just just watch watch your etiquette out there, uh, out there, guys. Um, now, back, back to Leilama. You know, Leilama, you have uh, – you're kind of like our resident expert on – on all things photography and listing optimization. And now you're going to be starting to get into Walmart and things like that. But the thing I want to, to talk to you about is we, we put you on this other project. And I don't want you to go too much into details here because we're going to wait until Celine comes on the episode. But but Celine is somebody who has been on, on the Serious Sellers podcast for talking about Instagram strategies. And we're like, you know what? Let's do this this mini project where we we create uh, like Manny's Mysterious Oddities, you know, the Project X Coffin Shelf, like an Instagram account and strategy around this being just like, let's say this is a typical Amazon brand and I want to have an Instagram following and build my audience out there. And and how would we grow that from zero to hero, in other words? And and I have not, honestly, myself, I know I'm in these group chats, but I, I just have completely been hands off. Uh, uh, so I haven't really been paying attention to what's going on there, but can you give us a little preview? I know we haven't started the Instagram account yet, but can you give us a preview of what you yourself have learned from from learning from Celine's agency uh, about what you're planning to do with our with our Instagram account? Yeah, so this one was uh, particularly tricky because you know it's coffin shelves and like I don't know much about the goth gothic community or the spooky community. You know, it's like. A mix of different niches so it can get tricky but I guess at the end of the day you know you have to see the uh, strategy and you know you can kind of apply that those few basic rules to um, across different products so um, I guess what I've learned is you know the way that they did their um, hashtags was very interesting so they took some which had like a very high search volume or tag rate not sure the uh, uh, what the term for that would be. And mm-hmm. then they also took some uh, which were a bit smaller, so like didn't have as many um, tags on it. And I thought that was really uh, similar to what we do on Amazon because we're looking at uh, these keywords in Cerebro which have high volume, but sometimes we'll also go for ones that are kind of in the middle you know so there's enough search volume there but also um you know it's achievable an achievable target to index for that so that was one of the things that i learned okay that that that's very interesting you see i i know there's another one like i said guys i don't know much about linkedin i know how you perceive people on linkedin i don't know much about instagram you know i built up my instagram but it's definitely not from any knowledge i'm just throwing up um episodes anymore and by the way i changed the name of it to make it mainly podcast related so if you ever want to just get like the highlights from some episode guys follow serious sellers podcast uh on instagram that's why i changed the uh, name and it just has like uh, some of the top clips from 
from the uh, episodes. Um, uh, back to Lem, you know, you, you, you've now been going to a, a few Amazon conferences, you know, like the last mm-hmm. Prosper show. W- what are some some takeaways on on how how best is it to navigate these shows? Obviously, you're a little bit different because, you know, a lot of the time you had to be at the, you know, the Helium 10 booth yeah. uh, and things like that. But for the average person going to shows like this, maybe they're going to go to sell and scale uh, in September. How, how can you get the most out of the weekend or the week or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. either during the sh- show and, and afterwards? I think it's really coming into it with an open mind of not only because, of course, when you go into some of these uh, events, you're looking to learn and absorb a lot of information, but also have an open mind about who you're talking to and, and the kind of people you're talking to. Right. Because you get to run into so many different types of people that even if it has nothing to specifically do with why the main reason why you're there uh it's still really awesome to be able to meet a bunch of people and you never know who that person also knows and you know and so looking at from the scope of networking of not just hey what can i gain but more so of hey who are the people that or how many people can i talk to and provide value to and i think looking from just making that minor shift in terms of how you're networking with people can really have a massive difference in the kind of like the positive karma that will come back to you of uh, people using your name in conversations like, oh, yeah, I met this guy. He was talking about this. He was really nice, really helpful. You know, like I think it's it's like LinkedIn in person, of course, like when you're looking at going to events like this. And I think it's just coming with an open mind and being totally open up, not only the type of people you're talking to, but where they're coming from and what industries they reside in. Yeah. I like it. And then, and then you, you went to a lot of the, the after party events too and, and mm-hmm. things. And I'm sure that was a great uh, way to, to network and, and meet with people. Now, what's the next the event that you're, uh, you, you'll be uh, attending and, and speaking at? It's White Label Expo in Vegas during May 25th, 26th. Okay, guys. So, so make sure to bring some eggs, throw it at Len when he's on stage there. He's making his <laughs> stage debut for Helium 10 White Label Expo uh, there yeah. in Vegas. It's actually a very interesting show. It's very, very different, guys, than just your typical Amazon, like, Prosper show or or something like that. It has a lot of, like, CBD products and just a lot. It's a very uh, eclectic group of individuals who go to those shows, but there are some e-commerce people there mm-hmm. now, too. Um, now, Le- Leilama, you, you, you've been going through, you know, trying to look into the way we have our Helium 10 Academy, especially in the listing optimization modules and trainings and things. And so you've probably been re- refreshing your knowledge there. But you know, a lot of the old school people who were with Helium 10 um, had the kind of flow, maybe, hey, I'm going to do my keyword research in Cerebro. I'll just like copy it to a Google Doc or something little by little. Maybe I'll go to Frankenstein to, to whittle some words down. And then I go to Scribbles, write my listing, and then and then... Now I up, uh, you know, copy and paste it, you know, now, now to Seller Central. But now, you know, here at Helium 10, we, we've got, you know, different things like, you know, my keyword list. And, and then we've got like listing builder and, and things like that. So what's, what would you say is like the typical flow that Amazon sellers should now make with, with how, how we go, which tools we use and how we go from like Cerebro Magnet and then eventually all the way to an, um, to an Amazon listing? Yeah. Um, okay. So first, I think when I'm when I was working on revamping Academy, I think what I had in mind was how do you make it smoother for uh, a person to, you know, take information from one tool, 
move it to another, and then take it from here and throw it onto another, and so on and so forth, because that's kind of how we do it in Helium 10. There are so many different tools for everything. So one, I would say when we go into keyword research, you want to find your top 10 to 20 keywords, uh, which are going to be your long tail phrase form. You want to save that into my list and, you know, name it as a long tail keyword or whatever ways to differentiate it in um, with, you know, that this is the phrase form. Those are going to be, there's going to be other words. So, you know, just keeping yourself organized in my list. Now leave that there, go do some other, you know, keyword research, whether that's again, Cerebro, Magnet, Google, wherever, put those keywords again in my list and, you know, identify that folder name, you know, say these are the individual words. So now you've got yourself organized from the get go. And let's say you wanted to come back to this in the future, you already have it organized, you don't have to like, go through or sift through all this information. Now, what you're going to do is take the my list and take it into listing builder. So, uh, you know, both these lists that you've created the long tail and the individual words and then you start working with your listing on listing builder which again is great because like i said integrating um, different platforms or different tools was the key idea here so listing builder will allow you to directly sync into amazon so you don't have to copy paste it anymore and that's kind of what i was um, envisioning when i was working on the revamp so okay cool so guys make sure you're using that you know it's 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 definitely better than it was in the old days. You know, I, the one thing I used to hate is having to, yeah, I, I love scribbles, but then I would have to copy every single field little line by line. And then don't forget, you get you get extra bonuses when you use Listing Builder. Not only do you just get the one button sync, but you can also get the the added bonus of being able to put in like subject matter, um, uh, et cetera. And that, that, that tool is actually gonna keep getting uh, advances. Now, Lem, your your specialties is like portals and, and follow-up. So what are some... Mm -hmm some tips, some like, you know, quick hitting tips or strategies that you think are, are can be easy wins uh, for Amazon sellers who are already Helium 10 members in using mm -hmm. follow-up or, or portals that, you know, maybe a lot of people aren't using right now. I think when it comes to portals, and this kind of goes back to even the total package uh, show that Leilama is doing is uh, the product inserts. Not enough people utilize product inserts, which is a feature that you can use in portals and not even utilize the templates that Helium 10 provides, right? It's like we gave you every, pretty much all the resources and more, and all you got to do is just click a couple of buttons, and you got yourself like a really amazing product insert that's already designed, already branded, and it looks super clean and pristine that not, I don't think, in my opinion, enough people are using or using properly in order to drive reviews, which goes, going back to follow-up is the main purpose of follow-up of driving reviews and trying to get that customer engagement, trying to drive that positive brand experience for your product. I was watching uh, Lem's uh, pro training videos and I knew that, you know, in follow, sorry, in the product inserts part of follow-up, you can, you know, create compliant inserts, but I didn't know that you could go ahead and design a whole insert. Like you can change yep. colors, like mm -hmm. patterns and whatnot. And I was like, this is like a Canva, <laughs> but for product inserts. Yep. And, I, and you I can put the QR crazy. codes yeah. and, and, and like so much the more. thing that yeah. I didn't know is you can actually have like a, a logo inside of your QR code, but it still works as a QR code. I was like, what? I didn't even know there was a such thing as that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then 
uh, going with follow up, mm-hmm. one thing I think people don't do enough is like people are always concerned about like what to do, how to drive reviews, more so positive reviews, but not even really focusing on the customer experience, which doesn't necessarily lend directly to or is not there's not like an analytics of like positive customer experience equals positive reviews or whatever. Um, but I think people don't really necessarily think about the customer experience as a whole of when somebody submits a refund or return, what do you do about it? You know, I think yeah. majority of sellers, they just say, oh, well, I cut my losses. Like I can't win them all. Right. But with follow-up, you can uh, put up, put out automations that trigger automatically whenever a customer requests a re- refund and return. And then we have Helium 10 has pre-made email templates where all you got to do is just put in your brand name and your name. And that will send to your customers whenever they request a refund and return saying, hey, we saw that you did this. Is there anything that we can do to help? Please let us know if there's anything that we can do to make this experience better. Like, I think that alone sends such a huge mm-hmm. message to your customer that you genuinely care. Because in that message, we're not talking about, please don't leave us a negative review. We're not saying, hey, we'll give you a full refund or anything like that. We're just saying, what can we do to help? And I think that simple gesture has such a huge ripple effect that I don't think enough people do and ultimately does mitigate having one-star reviews because that could also cause a one-star review that could potentially be left into a three-star review, which I will take a three-star review over a one-star review any day of the week. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Lilama, back to you now. Um, what's some, some you know, maybe uh, some tips on that you've you know, seeing just like, you know, looking over the shoulder. I know sometimes you still use the AMZ one step uh, office over there and they have their, their photo shoots. So what do you notice that, that they're doing, you know, with their photo shoots or, or how they set up lifestyle images? They, they just completely redid um, a lot of the images for the, you know, coffin shelf. We, we haven't released these pictures yet, but we, we gave them all of our coffin shelf pitch or products and, and they did some photo shoots. Like what are some, some, some cool things that you noticed that they did with those images? That's like, you know, not everybody's going to use AMZ One Step, but like, regardless of what photography studio that an Amazon seller is using, or if they're just you know doing it on their own, uh, that you're like, hey, these are some good tips that 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 this um, that this studio was doing. I think one of my favorite things was just the fact that the studio is set up in a way where there's different lifestyle situations uh, set up, so like different lifestyle settings, a bed, a kitchen, everything. Um, so, you know, when you're hiring a studio, I think it's really important to see what kind of setups they have, because then you get a guaranteed good result with that. So I was already aware of, let's say we were doing the coffin shelf. So, you know, you can either put it in your office, you can put it in your room and like different settings throughout the house. So I was already aware of the kind of setups that they had in studio. And so I had an idea of what the final product would look like. And if that kind of goes with your brand aesthetic and is, you know, in line with the kind of, um, uh, you know, product you want to image you want to portray, then, you know, it's, it's always nice to be able to see, okay, uh, I will now visualize my product into this particular setting. Whereas a lot of them will maybe, you know, agencies hire, um, you know, or, or like book Airbnb. So they're never really sure. And so the results are never consistent, if you know what I mean. So that for me was the biggest pro, like just getting to see all of these settings beforehand so that I know what the final product is going to look like. Yeah. Another thing I liked is, I don't, I don't know, maybe you gave them a bunch of information yourself, but 
Uh, I didn't give them any information about what, how to do the lifestyle images of, of, you know, like the coffin shelf. But when I look at the images last night, I was just looking at them, you know, they, they, they took like a whole bunch of like gothic, uh, gothic looking things and like props and, and things like that. And, and another thing is they probably just figured this out on their own, but like, you know, you just look at our two coffin shelves. If you just take a picture of it, you really can't tell that one is twice as big as the, as the other one. And so I like that they took, um, they took their model there and they showed her like putting it on the wall. You know, like, I, I think you're going to talk about another coffin shelf listing. Do you remember that one that was really Photoshopped? Um, yeah. and then it, it, it really looks like it's a lot bigger than it is because it was a bad Photoshop. But if you look at that picture where this model is like holding it in her hand and putting it on a wall, you have no doubt how big or small, you know, a coffin shelf is. So I think that's important too, guys, that, that not enough people are doing is, is I'm not talking about the Photoshop ones. You know, you've seen it a million times where somebody's doing a kitchen, um, a, a kitchen tool and they just show this stock photography of somebody in the kitchen. They put something in her hand or, or a guy is or, or woman's hand. And it's that, that's not what I'm talking about where, where it's like put something in somebody's hand because that's fake as it is, but have a real picture of somebody not just holding it too. Like there's pictures I've seen where a coffin shelf, like, oh, here's my, you know, I'm Vanna White. This is Wheel of Fortune. Here's my coffin shelf. No, but like so, somebody putting it on the wall or something, some, something in action that looks natural. And um, that would save you bad reviews. You know, like, like we've, some of the bad reviews we've had on the coffin shelf, you know, knock on wood, there's not been many, but it's because, oh man, this was way smaller than I thought it was. Um, and so that that will save you. So that's, that's something I've learned from. Um, really go good point too. Like a lot of the times we will put in dimensions and I don't know, Bradley, if you remember our old listing already had dimensions in it, yeah. but people were still confused because exactly. it's still hard for us to visualize when we're seeing mm -hmm. like a really zoomed in product and thinking, okay, it's maybe like this small. Because in yep. the picture, it looks this big. So, sorry, I'm doing hand gestures. Maybe people watching the video. No, will the, be able the people to see. On, the, on YouTube will, uh, <laughs> will, uh, will, uh, will see it. But, uh, yeah. guys, she, she's moving her arms around if you're listening to this yeah. in your car. That's what she's doing. So, you know, like just dimensions will not do it. You need to have something that acts as a point of reference. And so there was Absolutely. a picture that I showed in the uh, webinar too, where, you know, there was an iPad and, you know, there, there could have been dimensions, but just the fact that it was um, compared to a pencil makes it so much more easier for me to visualize as a buyer. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, thank you for coming on here. Uh, once again, if you want to see their new shows, learning from L's with Lem is uh, once a month on YouTube and also the total package with Leilama Hassan is available once a month as well. And that's both on the Helium 10 YouTube channel. Uh, for those who speak Spanish and German, we actually just launched a German and Spanish YouTube. So, so I'm not sure how you would find that, but just like look for Helium 10 and then uh, it might be Auf Deutsch or in Espanol or that might be the name of it, but you can also find it from the Helium 10 regular YouTube channel. So make sure if you're a native speaker of one of those languages that you'll go ahead and, and um, join there. So uh, thank you very much for joining uh, this show. If you guys ever want to reach out directly or, or talk directly to either Ali Lama or Lem, they're, they're once a month in our Freedom Ticket Extra coaching group. So if you guys want to join that group and be able to talk every week to Kevin King 
and then once a month to myself and Lem and Lilama and Carrie and Shivali and the rest of our team. Make sure to sign up for Freedom Ticket Extra, and you can do that at helium10.com forward slash FTX. That's helium10.com forward slash FTX. Lilama and Lem, uh, it was great talking to you, and we'll see you guys later.